Y'all ready to get in the Word? Are you really, really ready to get in the Word, though? Like pumped, like super psyched. Everyone got their Bibles? Or if you have a digital Bible, that's cool. We love you a little less, but it's fine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if, you got a digital, if you got your regular Bible, awesome. We love it. Take some notes. Let's get in the Word. So we're going to jump right into it. Everyone open up your Bibles to Numbers chapter 23. I know Numbers, right? Chapter 23, verse 19. Numbers 23, verse 19. When you got it, say, I got it. Got to do a little more, a little enthusiasm. I got it. That's what I'm talking about. Here we go. It says this in Numbers 23, verse 19. It says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He's not human, so he doesn't change his mind. As, has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? How many of you believe we have an awesome God? Okay. How many of you believe that we have a God that does not change? Right. How many of you guys believe that he, we have a God that makes all things, not just some things, but all things work together for our good, right? Amen, okay? How many of you believe that we have a God that no matter what season of life that we're in, that he is faithful, that he will never let us be forsaken, right? That he is healer, that he's protector, that he's forgiver, and that he's comforter no matter what we go through. That no matter what happens, 100% that he is who he says he is. That he never fails us. He never rejects us based on anything that we walk through or have walked through or will walk through. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He does not change. And then it says this in Hebrews 13. You don't have to change to change it. Uh, go to it. It says Hebrews 13 verse 8. It says Jesus Christ is the same today. Oh, same, same yesterday, today, and forever. So after everything that was just said, we can come to the agreement that God does not change. Correct. He doesn't, he doesn't fail. He doesn't do any of that. He is the same today. For every same God that we read about in the Old Testament is the same God that we read about in the New Testament. The same God today. Just to make sure that we understand that we have that complete understanding, right? And we've all heard we've all heard the saying: just because the seasons change, God does not change, right? And so I'm going to tell you a little secret. I know how many of y'all have been in Louisiana your entire life? Entire life. Okay, we got some people. How many of you have been in Louisiana most of your life? Everyone. Okay, cool. So we got pretty much we understand have a, have a bunch of people from Louisiana. Now I'm going to tell you a little something. There are actual seasons besides summer outside of Louisiana. Mind blowing. I know. You guys know the season they talk about where the leaves fall? It's called fall. And there's actual colors everywhere. And it's great. And you get to walk through the, you know, pumpkin spice lattes are everywhere, all this stuff. So, so there, that actually exists. And you know, you, you know this, that season that gets really cold? What's that called? Winter. Winter. I know we never experienced winter here, but that is a season that actually exists. I remember when I first came here, one of my uh, students, I think it was David Herod, he, uh, he, said, he said, you're from California. Have you, have you ever seen snow? I'm like, uh, yeah. So what's it like? Um, it's, it's, it's cold, it's uh, powdery, and uh, you can, like, make, you know, snowmen and stuff with it. It's like, wow, that's so cool. We need to go to the snow sometime. I'm like, okay, you're not really going to find any snow in Louisiana, except the one year that I moved here. Remember we had that crazy snowstorm, and it was freezing everywhere. He called me. because the pastor's doing it's snowing outside. We need to make snow angels and have snowball fights. I'm like, bro, chill. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> It was like it was like it was Christmas Day for him, like snow everywhere. And I'm pretty sure that may have been the first time some of us have seen snow ever. But there are actual seasons. And also there's that weird in-between season called spring, right, where it's nice and it's nice to go outside. No, not here in Louisiana. <laughs> it's summer. 20, we have cold summer, we have mild summer, and we have really hot, wet summer, <laughs> right? I remember the first time I moved, when I moved here, I was driving through Hammond, and I stopped. My car, like, broke down, and Pastor Ryan had to come rescue me, and so did Pastor Ben and Pastor Katie. That was fun. And I was, like, sitting in my car, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is this? 
I don't know what's going on right now. Like, I'm sweating, and I'm not even doing anything, right? And then I woke up the next morning to go to work. Oh, no, it was like two mornings after that to go to work, and I woke up at 5 a.m. to go to Starbucks. And, you know, in California, it's nice and brisk in the morning. doesn't matter what year, time of year it is. I walk outside expecting that, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I just took a shower. <laughs> I'm drenched. You know, I felt like I already ran like a 2K, okay? Like, I'm done, okay? But anyway, there are actual seasons outside. But you know what's funny is that since Louisiana doesn't have seasons, we just make up seasons, right? We base seasons off of food and events, right? Right, so we have, we, amen, right? So, so we, have, we have football season, right? We have, we have Mardi Gras, we have crawfish season, and then we have hurricane season. <laughs> Those are the four seasons of Louisiana. Football, Mardi Gras, crawfish, and hurricane season. We didn't have the weather for it, so we just made it up. We wanted to feel like the rest of the United States where we actually felt like we had seasons. <laughs> like I could literally, no matter what, I could walk outside from a coma, just wake up, been however long, walk outside. If everyone's wearing a Saints jersey, <laughs> you better believe it's football season, right? If, it's, if all of a sudden I see beads everywhere in the streets, it's Mardi Gras. We just had a parade. I know it's there. You know, if, if crawfish is on sale, crawfish season. If people are buying an obscene amount of water and toilet paper, it's hurricane season. <laughs> so we understand. So we have all these seasons, stuff like that. So the question, let me ask you a question, though. When football season is over, do we question if it's going to return or not? Maybe, 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 th maybe this year because we don't know what's going on. But anyway, today is like the, the you know, the, <laughs> the anomaly year, okay? So we're not, you know, or, or when Mardi Gras ends, are we, can, are we like, man, I hope it shows up next year. But I hope it happens. I hope after Christmas, Mardi Gras decides to show up. Or when crawfish season happens. No, it's like, oh, I wonder if the crawfish are going to be good. Or hurricane season. I wonder what's actually, you know what, for the past four years I've been here, I've never walked through a hurricane, which I'm grateful for. But anytime there's one coming, I'm like, all right, this is it. And then all of a sudden it's like, here's Slidell, and it goes, whoop. Right? But anyway, so, so, but no, the answer is no. We anticipate the coming of them. As soon as Christmas is done, you better believe Mardi Gras decorations come out. King cakes are being bought. Everyone is getting ready for parades, parade season starts, all this stuff. But, and it doesn't matter what time of life you're in, it doesn't matter what life throws at you, those seasons are still going to be there. You could have the worst year of your life, or you can have the best year of your life. Those four seasons are still going to come regardless of how you feel about something. Or regardless of what kind of year it's been. Those seasons, without a doubt, 100% are always going to be there. Regardless. So then I ask another question that needs to be asked is, if we have faith to know that no matter what happens in life, those seasons will always come around, how come it's sometimes that we forget when our seasons change, regardless of good or bad in our lives, that God stays the same? How come we can have all the, Mardi Gras is awesome, I love it. <laughs> Football season, Saints, LSU, let's go. For those of you Roll Tide fans, okay. In the room, I'll acknowledge you, but not, you know, very reluctantly because I guess I'm supposed to do that. Um, <laughs> but we know without a shadow of a doubt that those things are going to come. But yet when things change in our life, it's like, well, God fell off the throne. Well, I had a bad day at work. I guess, I guess that's out. I mean, I had a really rough year. My finances aren't in order. Man, I, guess, I guess God's not on the throne. Or, man, everything may be going great in life. Oh, man, I don't need God. I'm good. Why do I need to go to church? Why do, I need to, why do I need to open my Bible? I got everything's going pretty good for me right now. But the question is then, what's different? Why are we, why are we pumped and excited and know for something that's going to eventually fade instead of being sure 
that a God who will never fade, a God that will never fail, a God that will never change, a God that will never disappear, why do we have less faith in that and put more faith in something that is futile and will eventually fade? Look, I know we love the saints here, but we can't take the saints to heaven. <laughs> I know we love king cake. Well, maybe king cake will be in heaven. I know, I know Pastor Tiff would love that if king cake was in heaven, right? Right? King cake may be in heaven. Okay, Mardi Gras probably is not going to be in heaven. Crawfish may be in heaven. I pray that hurricanes are not in heaven. Amen. Okay. But we understand this, that no matter what, God still stays the same. So we have, So there's something that has happened that we take our eyes off of God when seasons change and put it onto something else. Doesn't matter. Instead of worshiping an almighty, never changing God, we have begun to worship a seasonal God, a seasonal God <laughs> of our emotions and feelings. And again, I'm, I totally passed the title because I was so pumped. The title of my message today <laughs> is The Seasonal God. Someone say, The Seasonal God. Uh, we, serve the, we, serve the, we serve the lowercase g God rather than the uppercase g God. And I was looking, I was looking because I was, you know, you know, this actually hit me this morning because I'm like, I didn't really give a definition of the, of the lowercase g and uppercase g. And I was even confused. I'm like, I'm looking all over the place and I'm like, kind of says the same thing. And I'm like, hmm. So I looked on some, I looked on some websites and I was just kind of studying. And, and this is an example that actually kind of makes sense. And this is, what, this is what the person says on this website. It says, a God, lowercase g, or it says with a lowercase g, is a deity or a superhuman being or spirit worshipped or having power over a nature or human fortunes. And it says an example, which I thought the example was really funny. It says the example, Justin Bieber is like a god to most of his fans. Lowercase. And then, and then it says that the capital G God is the one true God of the Bible. So if I worship God based on my emotions and feelings, am I really worshiping the true God? Or have I set my emotions and my feelings higher than the one true capital G God? Because I think for too long we've worshipped a lowercase g God. Because my God doesn't change. My God never fails. But yet when I choose to view him that way, I start to worship the lowercase g God of my emotions and my feelings. And we all know emotions and feelings change a lot. <laughs> you could be happy one second, then some, someone like does something to you or gives you a sweet gesture on the road, and then all of a sudden you're just like, Argh! And you want to give it back, but you can't because you know you love Jesus. Because <laughs> everything changes. Emotions change, but my God does not. Lowercase g changes. Uppercase g does not. But yet we've begun to worship the seasonal God all the time. So we see coming and going of people in church or coming and going of people and believers as believers. And one day I believe and I'm super pumped about God, but the next day I'm like, I don't even know anymore. Because maybe some of us had, can I be real, some of us have had actual genuine experiences up at this altar. And, or even at altar in general, or maybe at your home or prayer time or worship. And that's life-changing. But, but some of us have had that, that emotional moment. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that emotions are not a part of that, that time. But we've had an emotional moment with God instead of a life-changing experience with him. Because if I had a life-changing experience, then I would walk away from here differently. But if I just had an emotional feel-good, I'll leave this place never experiencing change in my entire life. So again, that's the difference between the lowercase and the uppercase. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to worship a seasonal God of my emotions and feelings. I don't want to. Why? Because that God will fail me every time. 
But if I serve to choose the capital G and worship him, that I know no matter what I walk through, no matter what I go through, COVID or not, he is going to stay the same. He will never fail me. So today, we have to choose whether we're going to continue to serve the lowercase g God of our emotions and feelings, the seasonal God, or we're going to choose to serve the capital, the capital G God, the one true God who will never fail or leave us. Now, I've had many moments where, where we've, we've all gone through seasons, right, or, or personal experiences that, that have almost tested our relationship with God. Right? That's almost like, man, that one time where you're like, man, I don't even know anymore, God. I don't know what's going on. You know, for me, I think one of the most tragic, most crazy experiences that I had to walk through was when I, was, when I went through my divorce with my ex-wife. Yes, I, am, I was divorced before and everything. It was a crazy time. I went through that, and, and it was cool. I mean, I was doing ministry, was, was doing youth, and it was great. It was awesome. It was amazing. It was great. And all of a sudden, whoosh, what? <laughs> What's going on? It was the lowest point of my entire life. And I had some choice words with God in the sanctuary of the church that I was at. I'm not going to tell you what they were. Uh, but it was tough. I'm human. Praise the Lord. Okay. I, had some, I, I went through this experience, and I felt like everything was crashing down on me. And at a moment, I wanted to walk away from doing ministry or being a part of church in general. Because I was like, God, you knew this was a part of what I wanted to do. You knew that this is what you called me to do, but yet I feel like it's being ripped away from me. And then I remember, said, I remember God said, just because people have done you wrong doesn't mean that I do you wrong. Just because something happened does not mean that I'm not in the midst of it and I'm not here with you. Just because people have done you wrong does not mean that I, that I do you wrong, but I'm actually here to help and guide you. Remember what we said in the beginning? How many of y'all believe that God makes all things work together for our good? So it was in that moment I had to choose. Am I going to follow, even though it was hard? Because let's be real for a second. We go through a lot of hard times, and sometimes doing this is, sometimes not following our emotions and feelings is hard. Let's just be real for a second. We all have that. Myself. I'm sure pastor has those experiences too, where it's like, man, I want to follow my emotions and my feelings so bad, but they're not God. And sometimes that's the harder decision to do is to follow God. Honestly. Sometimes it's, it's a lot easier to go over to the emotional lowercase g God and say, I'm broken and everything. I don't know who God is anymore, blah, blah, blah. And it's a lot harder. Sometimes you have to walk through a lot of stuff to get to this point saying, you know what, God, I know that I'm hurt. You know what, God, I know that I'm broken. I know, God, that this doesn't make any sense right now. But I know that if I continue to follow you over here and worship you fully, that I know that I can get through anything. I know that no matter what happens in my life, I know I can get through because you make all things work together for my good. I know that the promises that you said in the word will never change because you're a God who does not change. You're not a God who lies or changes his mind or says something and doesn't mean it. You're a God who stays the same. You are the capital G God, not the seasonal God. And I give you everything. And to be honest, if I can be real, and this might be tight, because this is something God revealed to me. That if we worship God based on our emotions and our feelings, we can't call ourselves 100% true believers. If we, <laughs> if, we choose, if we choose to worship God based off our feelings and our emotions, I can't call myself a true believer. Like, because if I was a true believer, then I would, everything that I just stated in the beginning of the sermon, in the message, would stick true to us. That we believe it, we believe it, we believe it, but what happens? We believe it when things are good, but man, when everything goes, it's hard sometimes. Or, can I be honest, sometimes everything has to go bad for us to even, even turn to God. 
But I can't base my worship and my relationship with God with based on how I feel. That's not how it goes. I'm sure if Jesus really went based off his emotions, he probably would have gotten off the cross. But yet he decided, you know what, I don't care. I'll take all the pain because I love them. I'll take everything. I'll take every, every, every whip, every nail, every thorn that was on that crown. I'm going to take it. You know why? Because I love my people. And I did this for them. He didn't base it off of feeling or emotion. He based it on truth and who he was. Because if God came and said he was going to do it, he was going to do it. Because, again, he's a God who cannot lie or change his mind. He's a God who does not change his mind. See, so the problem, though, with believing in a seasonal God, you know, after all that, it, it actually creates seasonal believers or, or seasonal Christians. And so believers are, you know, I would say seasonal Christians. See, the problem with worshiping that, then it creates people who are, or, or it creates people who just want to worship God based on the season that they're in or follow God based on the season that they're in. There's, these are the believers that are like, oh, yeah, I'll get to it, or yeah, I know, but... This is going on, or, or or I know that I know that I should, but I know that this is going on, but you know it's just so hard. Or yeah, I know I need to go to church, but you know, but I got to do this and this and this and this. Or no, I don't need to follow God, but I need to do this, 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 and this. I need. <laughs> we need to not be seasonal Christians, ever. I can't serve a seasonal God because if I serve a seasonal God, then I'll become a seasonal Christian. And everything that happens will be based upon the season that I'm in rather than just knowing that God is true. So I'm going to go through three different things. I'm going to go through three different types of seasonal believers. Y'all ready? Take some notes. Y'all ready? Y'all with me? Amen. So three types of seasonal believers. Number one, the good times believer. They're ones that praise God every single, every single day. Praise God. Hallelujah. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing awesome. No matter when you ask them, I'm doing great. <laughs> or or they, they, believe, they believe in the good seasons or, or when finances are together, they believe. Or, or when family is in order, they believe. Or when there's not any current struggles, they believe. When everything is perfect and in order, they believe. So when everything is great, you know, there's no problems in the world and everything's great, jobs going awesome, family, kids are in order. Everything's going great. There's no quarrels at home. There's no argument. Nothing's going on. I believe. God is so good. God is so awesome. But also I'd like to equate these believers to Israel right before they crossed the Red Sea. Because I don't know if you don't know about what happened with Israel before they crossed the Red Sea. They were enslaved to Egypt for 400 years. Long time. And then Moses shows them. It's like, boom. No, God does all, you know, all the plagues happen, but this is, this is the moment where Pharaoh's like, go, like, take them, like, leave. And the Israelites are leaving, and, and it actually says that the, 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 the Egyptians were giving them, like, gold and treasures and all this stuff. And so not only were they free, but they were getting wealthy at the same time. They're, praise God, let's go. What's not to love about that? And they're free. They were no longer in chains. They were no longer, you know, captives, but they were free. They're going after it. They said, they saw God, and they're like, man, this is awesome, God. We love you. Man, what an exciting day. Like, man, praise God. But, but here's the thing with that is that with these kind of believers, that as soon as something bad happens, they leave without a trace. They blame, blame and even run away from God, claiming that he is not there and does not care. 
And all knowledge and experience of how good God was from previous experiences is now thrown out the window. Because now not everything is lining up exactly how it's supposed to be. Supposed to be. <laughs> right? And then this is exactly what the Israelites did. And if we look at Numbers, again, we're going back to the book of Numbers, chapter 11, verse 4 through 6. It says this. It says, And the people of Israel began to complain, Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. And we had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic we wanted. And now our appetites are gone. Gone. All we ever see is this manna. So they're free, right? Everything is great. They, they're set free. They're no longer slaves anymore. And God, God being so awesome and amazing, rains down food from heaven for them to eat. And then all of a sudden, things are not exactly how they want it to be. And they all of a sudden feel a little more miserable and a little more off and it feels like they're going through something bad. It's not the good time of them getting set free out of Egypt anymore. It's not the, the good time of when the Egyptians were just giving away their valuables and everything. Now they're in the desert just eating manna, which is basically bread. And they were complaining about it. They were whining about it constantly. Well, what's going on, God? So all of a sudden, like, they forgot that they just got delivered after being enslaved for 400 years. Everything, all those experiences went out the window and they began to complain. And you know what's funny as we keep reading on, I think this is hilarious, we keep reading on, and, and God was pretty much like, okay, you're, it's, I think it's in the next couple chapters, verses after that, it says, God's like, okay, pretty much, I'll give you some meat, but I'll give you so much of it that you'll begin to be sick of it. Why? Because you pretty, it says that you rejected me because you wished you were back in Egypt after I set you free. See, too much of a good thing can become a bad thing. See, if it was all just good times, we would never grow. Because if everything lined up exactly all the time, there would be no force for us to grow. What well, it says, it says in James, it says, that, you, know, you know, consider it pure joy when you go through trials and, and temptations and everything like that because it builds endurance in your walk. Because it builds your faith. Because it increases the bad times are awesome. Bring on the bad times, not just the good times. Because I want to grow. If everything was good, I would be the same person that I was yesterday. You know what? I'm grateful that I went through all the stuff that I did with my past marriage. I'm grateful that I went, went through everything that I did when I was a kid. I'm so happy for it. Why? Because it has put me in the position right now to deliver the word to you. Every bad situation has also caused me to be in the position that I am now. And I take great joy in it. But if I was just a believer just in the good times, then again, I would never grow. And I'd be the same. And then it'd have to be everything lines up again for me to come back to God. Again, those are the seasonal believers that just believe in God during the good times. So number two, I want to say number two, the bad times believer. And I think this is an area that maybe a lot of us have been in. I think this is the majority of us. And, and these, are the, these are the believers that believe only that when they're going through something hard, they go to God. When finances are bad, they go to God. When they lose their job, they go to God. When family is all over the place, they go to God. When nothing makes sense, they go to God. So these are the believers, and obviously we need to go to God for, all the, for, for both times, okay? So I'm not saying that, like, how dare you go to God for the bad times, but I'll get there here in a second. But these are the people that, that, say, that say, man, I go to God only when times are hard. And I like to compare these people to David before he became king. <laughs> now, now, obviously, well, Pastor Dylan, like, David, you know, loved God. Yeah, but he went through fighting Goliath, he went through running away from Saul, he went from being rejected by his own family, 
He went through all this. And if you, I don't, if you read the book of Psalms, it's almost like you read some of these. I'm like, bro, David, like, pull yourself together, bro. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. Oh, God, where are you? My enemies slay me, and I don't see you anywhere. Bro, like, chill. Like, you're good. You got God on your side, you know. But it was through those moments, through those bad times, that we see all these Psalms written. The day, you know, clean, clean, you know, cleanse my heart, God, seek me and know me, all these different things. We, we, see, we see the awesome parts of what happened during David's life, right? Eventually we see him become king and, and everything like that. But it was the part that after he became king that, that changed everything. And when he became king, there was this moment in David's life. Everything was good. He was king. He was no longer on the run from Saul. He was no longer being whiny in his psalms. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he was good. Everything was fine. In this one day where he should have gone to battle with the rest of Israel, he was caught slipping on a rooftop. And he sees Bathsheba, who is not his wife, and tells his men, I want her. So what happens? You know, David and Bathsheba, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and then this is what happens here in First, in first Samuel 11. So, so what happened basically is that, is that David felt so bad, <laughs> so bad about what happened. He was trying to make amends, like hit the, uh, Bathsheba's husband had no idea what happened. He was trying to either make amends with it or try to take something into his own hands. And this is what it says. It says in 1 Samuel 11, chapter 14 through 17. It says, in the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab, who was the commander of his armies, and sent it to Uriah, who was Bathsheba's husband. He said in the letter, put Uriah in the front of the hardest battle and come away from him so that he may be killed. So while Joab was watching the city, he sent Uriah to the place where he knew there would be shoulder, shold, soldiers with strength, with strength of heart. The men of the city went out, fought against Joab. Some of David's servants were killed, and Uriah, the Hittite, died also. So in this moment, David thought he had it so good that he had to become God in his own life. He had to take control of it. I want, I want, I want this person. So I'm going to do whatever it takes. I don't care. I don't care what, I don't care about, you know, anything. I, I only care about this. See, once the good times came, David had lost sight of who God was in that moment. See, this, see, the problem with bad times, believers, is that when everything gets back to normal, again, nowhere to be found. We get caught up in the good times and, and we're fine. We're like, hey, God, you did it. You delivered me. I'm good now. I don't, need, I, I don't need Sunday mornings. I don't need to open my Bible. I don't need to listen to worship. I don't need to pray. I'm good. You've set me free, so I don't need to really go to you anymore. It's the problem. Just because the bad times are over doesn't mean that we let go of God. That means we should embrace God even more. Because if I, if I leave God after the bad times are done, I'm pretty much declaring, look at what I did to get to my good times. Because after I go through the bad times, I'm supposed to be like, look at what God did. Like, this is awesome. This is amazing. I'll never forget, man, when I, when, I, when I married Elizabeth, I was like, look at the good times now. I've been through a lot of bad. I've been through a lot of hurt. I've been through a lot of junk. But, man, praise God, look at this now. And I have a, I have a baby girl and I have a baby boy on the way. What? That is the biggest declaration that I can say. I walked through some bad times, but God is too good for me not to say something about it. See, well, after I'm done, I should be the biggest declarer of who God is. Man, I didn't have a job, but now look what I have. My family was all over the place, but guess what? They're all serving God now. I had no money to my name. I was homeless. I had nothing. But look at what God did. Just because we leave the bad times does not mean that we forsake God in the good. 
And just because he's good in the good times doesn't mean we forsake him when, he isn't, when things go bad. 100% declare of who God is 100% of the time. Not just based on the season that we're in, not just based on how we feel, but 100% on what he has done and who he is already. 100% on who he is. And then the last one, and this may sound funny, the seasonal, seasonal believer. Seasonal, seasonal, what does that mean? These are the believers that only go to God two or three times a year. <laughs> you know, the, the, the Christmas, the Easter, you know, praise God, we love them. Or when I feel like it. Uh, you, know, if I, you know, if I'm not tired in the morning, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll worship him. Or, you know, if, if, everything, you know, if everything goes according to plan, kids are okay and stuff, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that I show up. I'll make sure everything you know, goes, goes accordingly, or, or the people, or, or even Christians that show up only when people get baptized or children get dedicated. I know, it's just, I know that, that one may sound a little tight, but like, I'm just, I want to get us across that it doesn't matter when it is, we need to worship and serve God no matter what. Can I use this even too with everything that's been going on? And Pat, you know, it's so funny, Pastor Brian like said literally everything. <laughs> I was going to say during this point, during when he closed worship, is that it doesn't matter the season of what's happening with, with COVID or anything like that. It doesn't matter. My God is still the same. Can I be completely 100% honest to you as well? During this time, it's been really even hard for me. I've had to really take a moment to be like, hey, God, like, I'm, I really don't know what's going on. This is, the, this is the weirdest time, honestly, to be a pastor. <laughs> Because, you know, especially with churches and not really being able to, you know, our whole, literally everything we do as pastors is with people. Being around people, loving people, hugging people, you know, leading people, like all this, it's, it's with people. And when we have to go online, it's like, okay, what do we do now? This has been one of the biggest growing opportunities of feeling, not just as pastors, but as Christians in general. So it's not based on a season, it's not based on whether COVID's everywhere. Just because COVID's here doesn't mean that my God has disappeared. Just because COVID doesn't mean that I should live in fear, but I should live in faith 100%. And it doesn't matter how we believe we should go about it or anything like that. What matters is that we need to be kingdom-minded and put God at the forefront of everything that we do. So again, seasonal, seasonal believers. These are the people that I like to compare to moments in the Bible, and there's so many scriptures on this that I'm not going to read them all, but because there's like literally like 50. But talking about those moments where, you know, all of a sudden God shows up or when, when Pharaoh saw God do all the miracle, you know, miraculous signs and, and the, you know, the ten plagues and all of a sudden he knew who God was, but he never really came to a moment to really follow God. Or when, when, God, when God revealed to Pharaoh about Abraham's wife, Sarah, he's like, he knew who God was, but he didn't really commit to serving to God. Those moments where it's like, oh, God's real. God's 100%. Like, we know the Philistines so many times when the ark was brought to the capital of the, Phil the Philistine Empire. Brought to the capital, like it literally like caused their God to fall down on his face. Like, oh, we know this God's true, but they never really submitted themselves to him. The seasonal, seasonal believer. Knows there's a God, but is afraid to really commit to God over here. It's cool, church, let's go. But after, it's really hard to really submit to God all the time. I know he's real. I believe in him. It's cool. Like, I know God's here, but when it comes to fully understanding, committing, it's a different story. And all three of these can relate to this one scripture here. It says in Matthew 15, 8, 
And that's Matthew 15. It says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from it, from me. Good times. God, we love you. You're great. Bad times. Well, bad times. God, I need you so bad. Good times come up. You know, I was really praising God that, that time. But, man, you know, when the good times came, I just, you know, done. Oh, when the bad times came, you know, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to be around here anymore. I don't want to be around God. I don't want to be around other Christians. I don't want to do that. We need to be a body of believers. That some of us may, may be, you know, reading this or, or hearing this, and you're like, man, I probably relate to maybe one of those. If not, awesome. But those of us, for those of us who may have related or maybe even gone through one of those seasons ourselves, we need to have an understanding that we need to not be these kind of believers. We need to be a believer that is a 100% true believer, that no matter what comes our way, good, bad, ugly, difficult, Christmas, Easter, baptism, child dedication, that we serve God 100% with our whole heart, giving nothing up. I choose to be a believer that is not seasonal, but a 100% true believer, regardless of what happens. And I, and, 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 uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this with this, this, this story of Joseph. We know who Joseph is, right? We all heard Joseph. You know, he was sold into slavery, all these different things, and, and he was sold by his brothers. And we look at Joseph's life, right? You know, he received dreams from God, and, and he received, like, these awesome moments with God, and, and he was loved by God and all this stuff. And then he gets sold into slavery by his own brothers. But not once during that time that I see in the book of Genesis that... <laughs> that he forsakes God or that he blames God. You mean he had a good with his family and it was awesome and it was wonderful and, and he was still praising God with it and, and then the bad times hit, but he was still praising God. And then all of a sudden when Potiphar's wife accused him of sleeping with her or it said, it said even raping her, it said, that he's like, he never forsook, forsake God. He went to the jail and he was like, okay, God, I know that you're with me. Unless you're for me. And even during this time in prison, it said that he it said he grew favor with even the prison warden and became in charge of all the prisoners. Wait, what? You're in you're in prison and you're in charge of everybody. How does that make sense? Because he never he didn't base on his situation or his condition or his season of how he worshiped God. And then all of a sudden, the moment came where Joseph was brought out of prison before Pharaoh to interpret a vision and a dream. And all of a sudden, after all of that, fast forward, Joseph is now second in command of all of Egypt, the greatest empire during that time. Wait a second. Tell me that this, this outsider from Egypt who was sold into slavery by his parents, who was accused of something he didn't do, was thrown in the prison for something that he, again, he did not do, is now all of a sudden... All of a sudden, the second, the second in charge of the greatest empire during that time. Why? Huh. He didn't lose his faith in God. He didn't change who, how he believed in God. He didn't change who he was. He, he decided, you know what, God, during the good times I praise you, during the bad times I praise you, I'm still going to seek you. I'm going to worship you with everything that I have. And I think now is the time for us as believers to be like Joseph and say, no matter what I go through, that I'm going to stand on the word. I'm going to receive the word. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to go after God. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to go after him with all my heart. Family may be all over the place. Praise God. 
family may be together. Praise God. My finances may be great. Praise God. My finances are all over the place. Praise God anyway. I'm confused. Praise God. I don't understand. Praise God. <laughs> Do it. You might like it. You might just like it. That if we choose to stand on the word of the true God and not the seasonal God of our emotions, I wonder what would happen in this city. I wonder what happened in our homes. I wonder what would happen in our workplaces. Can I tell you the answer? God would move. <laughs> Because then a bunch of true believers would begin to rise up during this crazy time, which we need true believers the most right now, more than ever. Pastor was right. The church has, the church has become silent, not us, but together. Believers have become silent. It's now it's time more than ever for us to raise our voice and say, I know who my God is. Pandemic or not, my God reigns supreme 100%.